The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. Today's episode is so much fun because it's with Nick and Natalie. Nick Vial came on the podcast a while back, like maybe three years ago, and a lot has changed since. At the time, he wasn't in a relationship. I was like a few weeks sober. I was in a different relationship. Anyway, he has evolved. I'd like to think that I have evolved and I'm excited for you to hear it. And also his girlfriend, Natalie, came and joined us. She is so wonderful and I have a huge girl crush on her. But before we get into that, I'm just going to answer a few of your questions and then we'll get right into Nick and Natalie. Somebody asked, I'm newly dating someone and I'm sober. How do I handle meeting his friends who love to drink? This was definitely a concern for me when I was going to meet Steven's friends. I was like, you know, they're going to think I'm a loser. They're not going to think I'm fun. And it was so not like that. And a big part of that was because Steven told them ahead of time. He wasn't like telling them like, oh, Lindsay used to have this problem. And she's, you know, he was just like, yeah, Lindsay doesn't drink. She's sober just to give you a heads up. And so his friends were so sweet and accommodating about it when they met me. They didn't offer me drinks like they offered me water. They offered me whatever they knew and they were able to be respectful of it. So I would say to, you know, have him tell them like, I'm sure he tells his friends about you. So just when he does make sure that he tells them that you don't drink, but like that you're obviously great. Otherwise, why would he be with you? What to do, how to act and how to greet an ex when you see them at a wedding after no contact for a year. My favorite thing to do, and I say this often, so you've probably heard it, is treat them like an acquaintance. Um, like an acquaintance that you you don't hate. You don't mind at all, actually. An acquaintance like, oh my God, hey, like you look great. Good to see you. Like we gotta let's catch up soon. And like, and then never catch up, obviously. Don't talk to them for the rest of the night, but more of just like a you are not affecting me in any way. And I'm treating you like everyone else because you don't need to do more. I mean, obviously, I don't know how you broke up in this instance, but assuming they broke up with you, that's the best way to treat them. And even if you broke up with them, that's also great, except maybe I wouldn't compliment them because that's kind of leading them on. This guy said, I was slow to catch the let's kiss signals and miss the opportunity. How do I fix it? I would ask them out again and then be like, I should have done this a long time ago and then go in for it. If you're not seeing them for a while, I would maybe text them and be like, really wish I kissed you or like really want to like need to kiss you next time I see you. Something like that. Like now's your opportunity to be a little bit more forthright in your desire to kiss them because maybe they might be thinking, this guy doesn't like me. He hasn't kissed me. What's going on here? What is considered cheating in other people's red lines? Um, interesting question. So I I went to, I don't want to call it a baby park, but like a play park where babies play with my friend uh, yesterday who has two babies and we were hanging out and catching up. And we were talking about the episode from last week with Oliver and Aaron. And she was like, you know, I would probably forgive she was like, I have kids, like we have kids. It's very different. And I was like, you're right. You know, it's a, it's a totally different situation when you have kids. I don't know what that's like. So I don't know. Um, 
But I said back to her, I was like, I don't know if I'd forgive. And the reason is because I'm so open minded. Like I'm so like, talk to me if you want to like bring a third into our relationship or talk to me if you like whatever you're into fantasy wise or like desire wise, like I would never judge. And I'm probably into it before my partner even is. So I think just like cheating would confuse me more than anything because I'd be like, wait, I'm cool. Like I like I'm open to exploring whatever if you were unhappy for some reason, you know? So I think that's my struggle with it. But everyone has a different red line. I mean, some women don't like their husband or boyfriend to watch porn and vice versa. Um, Some don't like a strip club situation. I think everyone has different red lines and we have to be understanding of that, but it can be tough. And and I'd say like, if you're, if you're a woman listening, like I would explore and, and you can relate to like, I don't want them to watch porn or I don't want them to, you know, go to a strip club on a bachelor party. Like I would explore more about your trust in this person and like your fears and kind of what comes up when you think of those things versus anything else because I feel like that comes from a place of maybe insecurity in the relationship itself you know like oh they're commenting on another girl's photo or they're liking another girl's photo like I don't know that I would be upset about that in my relationship I know that I would be upset about that in a past relationship where I didn't trust them as much your 20s and overcoming the stigma of going out all the time it's really hard. I feel like when I was, when I graduated from college until I was like 26, maybe even 27, I was going out all the time and I felt like I had to. And I, there were so many nights where I was miserable, like just there because I felt like I had to be. And that's the only way that I would meet someone. And that's the worst situation to be in. And if you're feeling like that, or you can relate to that, then stop forcing yourself to go out. There will be opportunities. There will be birthdays. There will be, you know, weddings. There will be events that you can go to, but don't just force yourself with like a few girlfriends to like sit at the bar and look like you're dying to meet someone. Like that's never going to be energy that attracts someone to you. It's only when you're truly enjoying it and truly having a good time And also when I was in my like early, early 20s, like dating apps weren't really a thing and now they are. So use them to your advantage. Like if you don't want to force yourself out on a Saturday, go on a date from a dating app. The chances of you hitting it off with that person are probably a lot bigger than the chances of you being approached when you're bored at a club. How to compromise with significant other on attending events, conflicting family slash friend event obligations. This one's tough, but I would say you have to set boundaries with your significant other and they should as well about what's important that they that you attend with them and vice versa. Like not every family event, especially if you're living in the same city as your family, there's a lot of family events. Take that from me. And like, I don't need, I didn't need Steven to come to every single one when we were first dating. Like now, obviously he's my husband, like he should be there. but it's not every single time or if we have you know things at the same time we if both of us our, our families like to celebrate thanksgiving or whatever it is 
divide and conquer, you know, until you're married, like you can get away with a lot of dividing and conquering and, and individually representing your unit at an event. Sex life in marriage and long-term relationship. It's so funny. I was watching a TikTok the other day of Amy Schumer on someone's talk show. And she was talking about, she was like, you don't like, don't have, it's so weird to have sex with your spouse. Like that's your family. And I was dying. You know, sex, sex life in marriage is obviously a little different than sex life pre-marriage than sex life, you know, pre-honeymoon period. I think it always changes and evolves, but it goes through ebbs and flows. And like, there'll be weeks where like, we'll have sex every day and weeks that like, we'll have sex, you know, twice a week, sometimes even once a week. It's, it goes back and forth. I think as long as we're happy with what's happening and it doesn't always have to be sex that like gets you off, you know, like one of you can masturbate and the other one's like there and there's other foreplay things that you could do. And I think as again, it always comes down to like, as long as you're both happy with the volume of sex that's occurring, that's all you can ask. Lastly, I'm going to read this um, vent that somebody wrote in. She says, I was talking to a friend about how we're both struggling with dating, even though we feel like we're doing everything right. We treat everyone with respect, play straight, cut loose nicely, if not interested, but still open-minded about saying yes to dates with a wide range. We've done the work on ourselves, generally have a good attitude, etc., and yet still struggle to find someone we like and then who likes us. It, I also find it frustrating that it feels like what's not happening from men, ghosting, manipulating not what's happening from men. I don't know what that means. My point is that the advice tends to put the blame back on women. Have you worked on yourself? Who are you going after? You are the common denominator. After you, are you putting yourself out there? Do you have a good attitude about it? Are you attracting the right energy? Stop trying so hard. It'll come. But also, are you going on enough dates a week? Is it your ego? We feel we're doing all of this and it's still frustrating to not find success and constantly be told it's effectively your own fault. No real question here. And sorry for the rant, but curious your thoughts. I agree. That's so frustrating and so annoying. And it is not your fault at all. And if I contributed to you thinking that it was your fault, I deeply apologize because that's not the case. Obviously, you know, the reason that people say like, what are you doing is because the only person we can control is ourselves. And that's not to say like, so if you're you're not dating, it's your fault. It's just like, we can only take care of our side of the street. Like that's all we can do. And I speak on an upcoming episode about this and how it's not about like, oh, like what am I doing to get the right person? It's more just like, I want to live the life that makes me happy and the right person should want to join it, you know? And so as long as you're doing that and it sounds like you're frustrated and so maybe you're not living a, a life that you're happy with right now because you're so focused on finding this person. And so I think just like, I know it sounds so hard and sounds so like toxically positive, but focus on like doing what makes you happy and not like, doing what attracts the right guy, you know? And I think that will really change things. And like living the life that somebody is so attracted to. And that's because you're so happy living that life. And obviously like this sounds like you're in a lull and that's really normal with dating. Like there's, you're not always gonna 
have great success when dating. Like you struggle for years. Many people struggle for years. I struggled for years. And it just sounds like the right person is not in front of you right now. And that's okay. But like still keep doing what makes you happy. And that's all you can really ask. And I know it's frustrating, but everyone goes through it. Every single person. And I hope that you don't feel responsible because you're not. You just It just hasn't happened yet. Um, but it will. I know it will because it did for me at 29, which is late for a lot of people, but was the perfect time for me. So I hope that's helpful. And I'm excited for you guys to hear Nick and Natalie. Let's talk about sex and how it's cozy and the perfect time of year to be having it. But if you're not having it, then you should still be having orgasms. If you are like, where do I start? What? I don't even know what vibrator to invest in to get. I have no idea. Then you need to be checking out the vibrators on Mod. It's, the website is getmod.com. And my personal favorite vibrator is the Spot. It's a five-speed curved internal vibrator. They also have the cutest colors. Mine is obviously green. They also have one that I really like called just the Vibe. And it's a little bit smaller. It's USB charged and it's got a flutter tip. I know, I know. You're like really trying to get into the mood now because you're just thinking about these vibrators. And I agree. They also have an amazing lubricant, which is highly rated. It's called their Shine Lubricant and it's aloe and water-based. So it's good for your pH down there. And Maud is redefining what sexual wellness and modern intimacy looks like by creating the chapter in the outdated sexual wellness industry. Maud makes these modern body safe and high quality essentials for before, during, and after sex. They've got so many amazing products. Also, it's a female-led Latinx founded company. So support all different people from all over by trying Mod. Their founder, Eva, created Mod for all bodies, all genders, and all races. There's a reason that Dakota Johnson joined Mod as their co-creative director in 2020. It's really, really incredible. And I want you to try it for yourself. Enjoy their lube, enjoy their vibrators with 15% off because I'm giving you that treat. As our partner, Mod is giving you 15% off on your first order on all products with the code ACME. So all you have to do is head over to getmod.com slash ACME. That's getmaude.com and use ACME to get 15% off of your first order. Trust us, you deserve a night in. My next partner is one of my favorite brands that I've been working with for quite some time and I'm obsessed with them. And there's a reason that We have been working together for so long, and that's because their company is one that I truly believe in. If you haven't heard of Saqqara, Saqqara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Saqqara is a wellness company that's anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. I have learned so much from Saqqara about what superfoods are, what plant-rich ingredients help boost my energy, support my digestion, curb my bad sugar cravings, and get my skin glowing, which I'm really needing right now. 
Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Acme or enter code Acme at checkout. You should try their best selling metabolism super powder. You can put it in some yogurt or throw it into your smoothie or you can do, try their probiotics, which I use every single day in the morning, and they help me regulate my digestion. So again, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Acme or enter code Acme at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash Acme to get 20% off of your first order. Sakara.com slash Acme. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. As a leading functional medicine practitioner, I have had the unique position to see so many alchemize their pain and health problems to their purpose. Now I want the same for you. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers, where there is a fresh infusion of grace and lightness into wellness. This is the art of being well. Join me every Thursday for a new episode. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Nick Vial and Natalie Joy. Hi guys. Hi. Hello. Good to be with you. So to great to have you back. It's been like, what, three years since we recorded last my podcast? I think so. It's at least. Yeah. yeah. I, I had just gotten sober, which is how I measure the time. Oh, which congrats. is crazy. <laughs> Thank wow. you. Well, it's been like four years now, but so happy to have you guys on. So we start every episode with just how old are you and where are you from? So let's get into that. Uh, Nick, I'm, I just turned 42. Happy belated. We have, from the Wisconsin. Same birthday, we have the same birthday, yep. which is amazing. Y'all do? We yeah. do. <gasps> Wait, cute. <laughs> um, I am 24. I'm from Auburn, Alabama. Awesome. Awesome. And how did you guys? I'm from Wisconsin. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> how did you guys meet? I slid into his DMs on Instagram. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. So what was your opening line? I saw him on my explore page and I sent him the photo that I saw. And I believe I just said, you're unreal or you're hot or something. It was unreal. It, it wasn't very mm. groundbreaking, uh -huh. but it was just the first thing that came to my head. I love that. Yeah. And at the time that you slid in, did you have a following at all? Or no. were you just like... No, I was just a bartender and was finishing up my college education and just... Did you have a public Instagram? Yeah, it was public, okay. but I just had maybe 3,000 followers mm -hmm. or something. It was not... So did you see that right away, Nick? Or did it take a while for you? Because like, you know, sifting through like... Blue I mean, I, I don't know. She would know more if I saw it right away relative to when she sent it. Yeah. But he did respond two hours later, I will say. Two hours? Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And what, do you remember what he said? He sent me back a photo that I was tagged in. So he had done some Ooh, sleuthing, he did if some you will. Research. Yes. Uh -huh. And just complimented me back. I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was something flirty for sure. Cute. Mm -hmm. And then... When from then did you guys end up meeting up? Like how long was it? Like two weeks later, I think. Yeah. We started FaceTiming that day, that night, I mm -hmm. believe, just to make sure the other person was real. And then he was going to be in New York two weeks later. And it's a quick flight from Savannah, Georgia is where I was at the time. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's so crazy. I'm also going to be there. We yeah. should grab drinks. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So cute. 
And how soon into dating, like, were you following any rules when you first started dating each other? Like, were you like, I'm not going to sleep with him right away or I'm not going to. And same with you, Nick. No, not at all. I Mm -hmm. think we both had expectations or we both knew what was going to happen going into the weekend that we met each other. Yeah. You knew like meaning you thought it was like a physical attraction type for of sure. Thing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Though so, yeah, the expectations early on were were not one of either of us seeking anything long term with one another. Mm-hmm. But that changed but, over time. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Natalie, I listened to you on a podcast saying then you felt like you caught feelings. Correct. And yeah. then you were the one to kind of be like, okay, we should date. Yes. So we were kind of hanging out for nine months-ish and around, I don't know, the four, five month mark, I think is when I was like, okay, this is becoming something more for me. Mm -hmm. I would love to date you. And he said no. And so I went about my day and came back like two months later. I was like, okay, I'm still wanting to date you. Uh Still shot me down. And I think I brought it up one more time and just said, I am done because if I go any further, then like I won't be okay. Right. And. But Nick, how could you say, like, how could you say no to this face? (laughs) Well, it wasn't about saying no to her. I think to me it was more about, I was definitely hesitant and very kind of cautious about, I was concerned about our compatibility. Mm Mm-hmm. What were you concerned about? Uh, well, I mean, we were long distance. We were still getting to know each other pretty early. And again, mm-hmm. keep in mind that when we first met, there was the expectation for both of us that was definitely more of a kind of a physical relationship. And so I was a bit guarded, you know, I've generally, you know, guarded in that sense too, just with people I meet. And, you know, I wasn't sure if we were kind of in the same kind of stages of our lives in terms of what we wanted. So I, again, I was actively trying not to get to know her mm-hmm. at first because you know, when when you're dating, you know, regardless of what the, the situation is, but like because we set the expectation with each other that this was a physical relationship, I I actively didn't want to blur those lines. Right. You know, because that's where confusion can come in. And that's where, you know, when yeah, I'm sure you hear these hear these questions too. Like they're acting like my boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. Like right. Why, you know, and so we set an expectation about what this was. And so I wanted to meet those expectations by not doing things like playing house and things like that. Granted, obviously, there we just kept hanging out, so we started building a connection. So there was a point where I became more resistant, where she was more kind of accepting of what was happening, and, mm-hmm. and I was just a little bit more reluctant, you know? I guess just a little more careful. And yeah, that was why. Mm-hmm. And what was like the turning point that you were like, okay, I cannot let this girl go? Was it kind of when she gave up? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I kind of, I refer to it more like, you know, the other times too, and I think it's important to clarify too, it's that when the first, you know, two times when she says, you know, I, I wanted to date you, we were very open and honest about the fact that we were still dating other people. We were very communicative about, you know, that stuff because we had an intimate relationship. Our, the communication about what we were doing outside of this was just very mature in a sense is because we kind of re- respected each other and what we were doing and, and we didn't want any confusion along the way. And so she just kept doing that, right? You know, she she wasn't waiting around for me. And as as Natalie said, when she got to the point where she realized 
she finally got to a point where she's like, now I, I, you know, cause earlier on it was like, Hey, I, I think we should do this thing. And I yeah. was like, no. And she's like, okay, well, I was still seeing other people. So I disagree, yeah, but like, <laughs> I'm fine. And then it, yeah. and it got to a place where she's like, now it's affecting like my energy when I'm not with you, you know, as opposed, you know, like before it was just like, okay, I'll just date other people. And then it was like, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, it's like when you get to that point where you're going on dates with other people, but like wishing you were someone else. Right. Right. And so she, she knew what she wanted. She set that boundary. She, she kind of stood in her power, so to speak. And, and yeah, I mean, when you lose something, it makes you more willing to take, take a risk. Sometimes you need a kick in the pants and it's, and again, like it was more just my fear of, of what if this doesn't work out, which I think right. is a very relatable f fear. It's like, is this worth the risk of trying, et cetera, et cetera. And then once she decided to, you know, make her decision, I just was like, I don't, I didn't have any more answers than I did before, but as opposed to, you know, saying no, I was just more like, I, I, I do know she makes me happy. I do know I love spending time with her. I, it, when I'm around her, I feel all the things I guess I've been hoping to feel. And so I figured I just kind of actively told myself, there's a lot of ways this could go wrong. There's, you know, but we were honest with each other about, you know, things that we would have to, you know, you know, bridge any, any gaps of compatibility and things like that. And I just decided to take a risk and, and yeah, worked out. It definitely did. And I also feel like there was a part of the fact that you, Natalie, never said like, what are we? I don't, right. I'm like, I'm so confused about how you feel. It was never about how he felt. You were like, this is how I feel. I'm right. putting my feelings out there. If you feel the same, great. If not, like, I'm going to keep I didn't doing really, me. Yeah, I didn't really care what, like, I didn't go to him asking him to give us a label or to tell me, like, I didn't, I wasn't going to him for any answers. I just wanted him to know that I was there. Mm -hmm. And if he felt the same way, then amazing. But like, if not, cool. Like, I'm still yeah. fine. And I'm still fine to hang out with you and continue to grow this. And maybe eventually your mind will change and we'll be right. together. But no, I definitely wasn't asking him yeah. any questions. And I feel like that's that's the way to do it, right? Like use I statements and things Absolutely. like that. My skin after going off birth control is out of control and I will do anything. I will try anything to make it better. So I've been washing my pillowcases like every day, but I never thought about the fact that the water I'm showering in could also be causing dry skin, acne, damaged hair, eczema, change in like rashes, hair loss, all of these things. It could be from the quality of our water. So I'm so excited because Jolie is a beauty wellness company focused on purifying the quality of our water for better skin and better hair. As I mentioned, we all know about the water we drink, but why not the water we shower in? Many of our issues start with water. That's why Jolie is amazing and the filtered shower head will truly change your life. This is also really a good idea for that guy who has like a three-in-one body wash, shampoo, hair, whatever situation that they use it could you could bring their your Jolie shower head to their place and hook it in there and then feel a little bit better about being there i'm telling you you got to try Jolie if you haven't and get your filtered shower water 
at www.jolieskinco.com. That's J-O-L-I-E skinco.com or follow them at Jolie Skin Co on Instagram to learn more. Check it out. My favorite is the sleek black shower head, but they're all very nicely made. So check it out. World Mental Health Day was this past week. And it's definitely a time when I reflect on how far my mental health has come, but also the fear of slipping back into depression, of slipping back into having these really negative thoughts in my in my mind that I can't control. And it's really scary. And I don't know what I would do without therapy. I don't know what I would do without having a professional talk me through these feelings and separate the thoughts I have from reality. And I'm such a huge fan of Talkspace for this exact reason. Talkspace is mental health care that meets you wherever you are. It simplifies taking care of your therapy and psychiatry needs because it eliminates the need to commute to appointments, to miss your time at work or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. Plus, instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send text messages to your therapist to let them know the issues you're facing in real time. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is great for depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, etc. They have licensed therapists, thousands of them with years of experience in over 40 specialties. And as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com and make sure you use the code ACME to get $100 off of your first month and show your support for the show. That's code ACME and Talkspace.com. So you guys then start dating, but you had had this nine months of being together before that. Were milestones a little bit faster as a result? Like, I love yous and things like that? Yeah. I mean, we she moved in with me pretty quickly. Yeah. It was one of those things. I had just bought in a house and, you know, I was like, well, if we're going to decide to date, she at that point was a surgical technologist. And, you know, thankfully she, it's a career that allows you to some flexibility in terms of location. Right because good talent's hard to find in that space. And, and you know, there's people in need of good sur- surgical technologists like anywhere. And so it was like, well, I'd like to not be in a long distance relationship. What do you think about moving out here? And then, you know, she was quickly started like looking for her own places. And I was just like, listen, you know, I know this is a risk. Like, let's not pretend it's not a risk. There's right. some reasons why this could not go well, but, you know, instead of like getting your own place and spending all your time here, because... You know, I don't know anyone else in LA. You know, <laughs> right. Like why like let's just let's just be cognizant of of the you know the risks of of moving in quickly rather than than not. And if you you know, like as I always say, you know, moving in together should be just all, the only barometer other than like getting married or engaged or things like that or being in a long term committed relationship is it should just be mutual. The excitement should be there. No one should be convincing someone. So it's like I just ask is this something you do you want to do? And she quickly said, I would. And then we just talked about, you know, the, any concerns and, and things like that. And we just addressed those issues head on. And in terms of like words of affirmation, it was actually kind of expressed even before we kind of committed, you know, I, 
I just kind of said it in passing. Uh, like how so? He said, can you call me? I have to t like talk to you about something. I have to tell you something. Mm -hmm. And I said, what, that you're in love with me? And he said, yes, that, but something else. Aww. And we got on the phone and we talked. And then before we hung up, I was like, I love you too. Yeah. Aww, and that's that was really kind of cute. the beginning of it. It sounds she like, kind of baited me, but I, yeah. I took the bait. You took the well, bait. it sounds like you guys have really good banter, which is like huge for a relationship, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, I feel, I don't know if she agrees, but we're, we're two confident people who are confident in ourselves, but also aren't afraid to acknowledge our weaknesses. I think we both like a challenge. I think we both are good at challenging the people we're around and that seems to work well for us. Yeah. And so it's been a little over two years or has it been longer now? But about, yeah, yeah, about two years. Like when do you count your anniversary? It's more uh, of a season rather than a day. <laughs> yeah, we you kind know? of will just decide. We know it's somewhere in July because uh -huh. my birthday's in August. So I mm -hmm. knew that it was before that. And, and you're so, a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. Yeah. Yes. Love so that. in July, we just kind of will say, okay. If, like if we're on a trip somewhere like, around yeah. this time, like now we're celebrating. <laughs> right. Like now <laughs> yeah. let's tell the hotel we're celebrating. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 In our room. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. And what kind of future conversations have you guys already had? Is there like wedding talk yet? Or you're just kind of like, you know, subtly dropping hints? We've definitely had, I think, the majority of like the hard conversations. Mm -hmm. Just so that we are on the same page for when that time comes. I do trust his timing. So I'm definitely not one to be like, okay, come on, like, let's do it. Yeah. I do trust that he knows when is best for our relationship. So yeah. I'm curious from your perspective, Nick, like if you decide that you want to spend the rest of your life, like as a man, you know, if you decide that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, is there anything that like Natalie or this person right w in this scenario would could do that would make you change your mind? Meaning like coming from a perspective of like a girl who really wants to get engaged, let's say, who's like, will I fuck it up if I'm always like, so when's it going to happen? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways now I could fuck it up. <laughs> you know, like, and I only say that because, I mean, if she drastically changed who she was. Or, right, other than changing who she was, right? Like, I mean, bringing it up, nudging, being like, no. oh, when is this going to happen? I'm losing my I mind. I guess that's hard to answer because I just know she's not going to do that. Right. Nally I walk is, a fine line. <laughs> Nally, yeah. Nally is very good at making it easy for me to be successful in our relationship. And I mean that in a, such a positive way, right? There's a balance between communicating what you want, what makes you happy. And, and also I feel like I do my part by listening, mm -hmm. right? You know, because like if I'm never listening, then all of a sudden she starts feeling like she's nagging, right? Because like, you know, if someone's nagging in a relationship, it's not just the fault of the nag. It's the fault of also the person who clearly isn't so listening true. or paying attention. Right. At some point, there has to be like a meeting of the minds in terms of like, I hate that you're nagging me all the time. I'm like, well, I hate I have to repeat myself and mm -hmm. figure out like, is this something either you are willing to bend on or is this like a non-negotiable you guys have both, you both have that doesn't align that you're unwilling to talk about. Right. And yeah, Natalie's always just been very, we, you know, we've... Like once we moved in together, it was pretty clear that like this relationship has a goal and that goal is to see if we're like, we're potentially life partners. Mm -hmm. And even though it was like early on and we we're living together, like 
we had a lot of conversations at the, you know, when it felt right, we would just talk about how do you feel about this or what are your, what's your expectation here? I do think it's important to share your expectations and not assume that they're mind readers. Right. So I don't just assume that because I think like, oh, I would love to have flowers when he picks me up from the airport. Right. Like, and I assume that he knows that that's what I want. I just will be like, Nick, I would love if you picked me up with flowers. Yeah, you want to. Yeah, and then I'm happy. You set him up to win, right? Which is right. An amazing thing. If you just like hope that they know what you want, you're going to be disappointed. Time and time again to fail. Absolutely, or something as simple as like Nellie. One time she said, and she didn't say that. Maybe she was being covert, but it it came (laughs) like as a like just an observation where she's like. Grocery stores make it so easy for guys to get their, you know, partners flowers or just yeah. people to get their partners flowers right. because like it's literally right there by the it's cash register. Yeah. You know? So easy. And I was like, that's a really good point. So uh-huh. every once in a while, I'll just be like, I'll just grab it. You know, they're not, yeah. there's nothing special. They're grocery store flowers. They're not like but still, truly just the thought. thought that counts. And, you know, I just, I just listened, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, she does a good job of, of communicating what she wants and she does a good job of of laying some clues that allow me to surprise and things mm-hmm. like that but I obviously emphasize communication a lot in 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 my relationships cuz I emphasize it with my audience and obviously in my book mm-hmm. and, and so and she does a great job of, of, of well and so it's just become a theme of our relationship right and 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 that's seemed to really help Speaking of surprise, when the day comes that you do want to propose, is it the kind of thing where you'd be like, Natalie, let's go pick out a ring? Or is it like, surprise, this is what I've come up with? Well, again, like Natalie makes it easy for me to be successful. So, so she has she's like already the commu- picture of the ring <laughs> in your communi- bathroom. Yeah, hanging like, on the window. I will send him photos of rings or mm-hmm. TikToks of rings and then just say, oops, oh my gosh, wrong person. So sorry. Uh-huh. But now he knows what I want. That's um, amazing. <clears throat> I will tell stories of friends who got engaged, like loved that they had a huge party with all their family and friends after that. Uh-huh. So amazing. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I try to make it very easy for him. Uh, that's great. Yeah. No, I remember when I was like in that stage and a friend would get engaged and I would show it to like my now husband and be like, uh, like I can't believe she just got engaged. I this ring, like it's so gorgeous. What do you think of it? This is what I would do a little bit differently mm-hmm. in a world where Correct. I was getting engaged. Right. You know, right. and I, I can say as a heterosexual male, I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's just very helpful. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so you do this ask Nick all the time, which is in your book, which we're going to talk about a little bit more. But Nick, if a girl came to you and she was like, I to- I'm hooking up with this guy. I told him I want to date him three times. And he said, no, what should I do? Honestly, what would you tell her? I would decide, you know, again, that's just like a boundary question. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I would, what is, I, I would ask her, what does that mean to you? You know, mm-hmm. being in a relationship, what do you want out of a relationship? And it would, my impress, my assumption would be in this question that, that is important to her at this point, yeah. you know? And then I would tell her not to like, to just to, to see that as a non-negotiable. Right. Despite all the other things that she likes about him and all the things she might be afraid of losing to prioritize her non-negotiables over her pet peeves. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it makes it a little clearer because you, you 
you know how to kind of rank things. And I think we yeah. have a hard time ranking what's important for us and what makes us really happy. And so like, a, you know, I would tell her to maybe give it one more shot. And I would probably ask her if this was like a face-to-face, -face, if I yeah. had some dialogue, I would be curious as to how she communicated in the past. Mm -hmm. Because I oftentimes they'll say, well, I've told him before. And I'll be like, well, how did you tell him? And it's just like, well, I asked him, what were we? Mm -hmm. You know, or, you know, and, and things like that, which is kind of a more passive approach, which is also like you, you're suggest you're, you're basically telling this person you're in charge, you decide, but I hope you pick me when you ask someone, what are we? Right. Or, you know, do you want a relationship with me or things like that? And then I would, you know, give her the advice that Natalie showed me, you know, in terms of like, just make it very clear how you feel about them why you feel the way you do before you do that you have to be prepared to you know enforce your boundary and, it, and when you are defining trying to define a relationship enforcing your boundary only means being willing to walk away mm -hmm. and sometimes people need to be reminded of what they're losing you know yeah. and you have to be willing to walk away you can't negotiate on a boundary you're trying to set mm -hmm. because immediately they will don't we, they won't think of it as a boundary. They'll think of it as a suggestion. Yeah. So if it's something that's really important to you, you really have to see it as a boundary that you need to be happy in a relationship. And I would just say to do that, but you, you truly have to be willing to walk away because if you're not, then, you know, they, they won't see it as something that's really important to you. And whether they say they respect you or want to respect you or, you know, like when people tell us that we're willing to accept less then we you know, how often you just give, how often do you pay people extra money? Right. You know, like, sure, it's nice to like tip and, and things like that. But, you know, when you, when you go buy something and they're like, that would be $80, how often do you give them a hundred? Yeah. And so as people, we don't want to give people more than we know that they, you know, if they're willing to take less, we'll give them less. So right. don't stop accepting less than what you really need. Don't be bluffing. I used to read these books, like these gossip girl books back in the day. And all of the characters, when they would be described, they would only be described as like, all they do is put on mascara and lip balm and they look stunningly beautiful. And I remember thinking that that's all I ever wanted when I was older to only have to wear mascara and lip balm and look good. And thanks to Babe Lash, I actually have been doing that. And it's been making a huge difference. I've been using their essential serum and my lashes feel so much better. Like they just, they look so much longer and it's been six weeks now and I keep getting compliments all the time. Like I don't even need to put mascara on the lashes itself because the serum has really done wonders. It's been amazing. And Babe is so confident that you're going to love your results that they have a 90-day satisfaction guaranteed. It's really amazing. So I highly suggest that you try and go to babeoriginal.com and use code ACME at checkout to save 15% off your order. Go to babeoriginal.com and use code ACME at checkout to save 15% off your order order. Babe is so confident that you're going to love your results. They have a 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Get longer looking lashes in as little as six weeks and let me know what you think.
I get this all the time and I, similar to you guys, am someone who posts my relationship on social media. I love to for, you know, whatever reason. What do you say to people who claim that like the worse the relationship is, the more that they post it on social media? Depends on the person. Mm -hmm. I think there's, I wouldn't say the worse it is. No, I think that's the way people like make themselves feel better. Yeah. I do think people project, right? And I think sometimes more realistically, probably what is happening, maybe there are cases where the relationship's a little rough and you're trying to convince yourself of the happy times by like posting some, you know, nice things. Yeah. But like, it's also important to remember that like, when you're going through it or even having an argument, like it's it's okay to just take a time out from the argument and say, just, you know, like, I love you and this is going to be okay. And I want you to know that like, I really want to solve this like disconnect we're having or get through this fight. I'm so mad. Like, I really don't like agree with you right now. And oh, but like, just, you know, like I still love you. And I think in a way, maybe like a social media post like that about your partner could be like two people's way of like saying that going to more passively but I'm sure there are cases, you know, especially people, relationships in the public eye, that can be the case. But I think it's a little bit more of a, you could say this, what you could say is the person saying that is saying it for alternative reasons too. Yeah. You know, like maybe they've been single for a long time. Like, listen, we, 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 when it bleeds, it leads type of thing. We, we love, there's nothing, you know, the only thing we like more than a success story is a fall from grace. Like we're, yeah. we're, that's just our society. We've all done so that. We've, we've all like, see, even when we're like, oh, that's too bad. Like there's a part of us that our egos are just kind of like, ha, I fucking knew it. I told them, you know, like. Yeah. So, so if dark. you're saying mm -hmm. the, ha the, the, the happy they're seeing on social, they worse they are, that's, 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 that's a part of you. Yeah. That, that, that energy that's making you think that is the same energy you're assuming they have. Right. That disingenuousness. So, that's so true. Who, know, who knows? Yeah. I also don't think it's our job to really decide who's, like, why, why do we care? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, some people like to be expressive with their love. Some people like to be private. I feel like we're a little bit in between, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, that, that, that's my two cents. Yeah. You think people just try to find issues with anything because they're bored and everyone shows love differently. Everyone, you know, some people have PDA, some people don't. I mean, there's just so many ways to show love that I think it's hard to, you know, Put a put your opinion on it and say that this is what's happening and this is why. Right. Know, I think it's just everyone's different. Yeah, I agree. I actually think it's way more suspect when someone doesn't ever post their relationship and then like only post them like when they're married. Yeah. I'm like, what was happening <laughs> yeah. for the past like five years? <laughs> right. Were you keeping your options open? So, so many guys will say, like guys that I'm friends with, will be like, I want a girl with 200 followers who's private because in my opinion, they're insecure. Obviously, Natalie has a huge following now. And were you worried at any point posting her that everyone was gonna see that you were dating this beautiful girl and like wanna slide into her DMs and try to like, you know, I don't, it's sabotage? Not my, it's not my job to trust every single person out there or the world, it's my job to trust the person I'm in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the choice you have to make. I love the fact that people are very attracted to her. I love walking in a room behind her at a party where I see everyone's eyes turn and look at her, men, women. I, I, I love that she's desired and I love that she's desired and chooses me. You know, mm -hmm. maybe that's my confidence or, you know, cockiness or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. I, I, to me, that's what makes 
her special or relationship special more specifically. I don't, I don't love scared. As I say, you know, if, if Natalie chose to cheat on me or step out of the relationship, she would cease to be the person I thought she was. And I would mourn the loss of the person I thought I had. Mm-hmm. And I'd be sad and I'd have to deal with like how that triggered my ego and things like that. But I would see, I would see her differently. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I didn't, I'm not, I mean, she's beautiful and I love that people find her beautiful, but I'm not dating her because she's arm candy mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I'm also not trying to hide her and and shield her from anyone else realizing how special she is sure. you know and so as long as she continues to be the person i think she is we'll be great and if not then that'll be i'll be sad about that reality but i just don't see the point of loving scared i guess yeah do you feel the same way natalie about like if god forbid something were to happen in the relationship like you would not be able to is that what you're saying? That like, if Natalie cheated, you wouldn't be able to forgive her or you would just see her differently? I don't believe in speaking absolutes. Definitely infidelity is a, is a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. I think you can want to get over something and not context. Ma- I mean, to me, yeah, it'd be hard. Trust, trust is more important to me than anything else. You know, it's like my friends in open relationships, for example, like some of those friends have incredibly healthy relationships because it's not about like fucking a bunch of people. It's right. about two people who seem to have, you know, a way we want to push boundaries with themselves, but it's, uh, they are very communicative and, and they're and the reason why they're the, one of the healthiest relationships because they're incredibly good at setting and enforcing their boundaries with each other and expectations and, and respecting each other's boundaries it doesn't really matter what your boundaries are. If you can trust that you're in a relationship with someone who you can communicate something that's important to a boundary and they will listen and respect it, you can literally be capable of anything. As long as you're honest with yourself about it being a boundary, like don't, don't think, oh, well, I'm capable of doing something that you, deep down you might not be comfortable with. Doing it for yourself, not because you think it's going it's to impress someone, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can do that, then if you have trust, I think you can really do anything. So again, it's less about the act of, of hooking up with someone else or fucking someone else or, or kissing someone else. It's the fact that I lost the trust of honesty that I gave freely. You know, I, I chose to trust her. I gave it for free. It didn't cost her anything. I was like, here you go. Here's my unconditional trust that I'm giving to you. And all you have to do is just like take care of it, but it's free. And, and if, if you don't value that, then it's hard for me to give it for free in the future. Yeah. I think trust has also been just such a big part in our relationship from the beginning. I think that's how we got so comfortable and feeling of, of safeness within each other is because we were so honest. And so I think if that were to change... I think it would ruin everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, again, that's we, just the, the core of our relationship. Is yeah. But, but at the same time, and I wonder what you both think of this. So I have this thing that's like the 90 10 rule. And I think that you should be 90% secure in your relationship, but that you should be 10% insecure, meaning like you can't just get so comfortable to the point where like you don't even try anymore because you know this person's not going anywhere. Like you're not even remotely worried ever and so you kind of just like give up a little bit do you agree with that or do you see like the the value in that i see the premise yeah mm-hmm. you know i mean i don't 90 10 or whatever i'm sure, sure you just kind of came up with a number i suppose but yeah i don't like 
you, how do you, how do you keep the spark alive or complacent and things like that is like, yeah, like, you know, you know, it's like one of those things where I can give my trust freely and, and still like, be like, well, that's a big risk, you know, kind right, of thing. You know, right. Yeah. But like a little bit of that again, mm-hmm. like, you know, for me in, you know, if I see, I know that celebrities are in her DMs, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know, I, I, I see, I see men notice her, right? And so, yeah, there, it keeps, keeps, keeps me on my on toes, toes yeah. 100%. And I like being kept on my toes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't like saying, I, I don't, I don't want to say, well, you have to feel insecure to be in a helpful relationship, but I get the premise of not being afraid to, I guess we're probably saying the same thing, but right, when I say I give my trust for free, that's scary because mm-hmm. I'm doing it without knowing for sure if I should. Right. And that can make you feel a little like, well, is that nuts? Right. You're, you're literally jumping without a net. Yeah. I guess it's less about insecurity and more about knowing that you're like, knowing the value of your partner, knowing your partner is so awesome and so interesting and cool and all of the things that you love about them that like someone else does want them. Not that just they like- They could have, for sure that they could, Nick I know could yeah. have anyone that he wants, but he chooses me, I think is- It's like that kind of feeling. Yeah. yeah. But then same with- What was that? Him. I think you could have anyone you want. Okay. I think I could. Have, I could. I think I could do just fine. <laughs> See, okay. but that's exactly how it should be, yeah. in my opinion. The guy should love the girl <laughs> a tiny bit more, and it sounds like that just showed that. So I love that. What but are, yeah, I, mean, I just yeah. I thought of an analogy based off of your. Yeah, tell I think me. we're the same same thing. It's like, it's like that adrenaline rush. It's mm-hmm. like it's like going skydiving, and you didn't pack your chute, but you're trusting that the person did did it right. Yeah. And the fact that you even think about that, that gives you that like fear. And then when you pull the cord and the chute opens, that adrenaline that comes is just like, it opened, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, it's like, it's like, I trust you. But if it, if, if the chute doesn't open, I'm going to, I'm going to die, you (laughs) know? And metaphorically in a relationship, I'm going to trust you. And like, I hope I can. And when you confirm that trust, there's a rush of excitement. And, mm-hmm. and to that point, yeah, I think that that's healthy. But I don't think you should go out of your way to make your partner insecure so you can oh, keep no, the spark. No, no, and never. I think there's a, a balance there. Yeah, don't go out of your way, but like don't go out of your way to make them feel so secure that like you're not even, you don't have friends, you don't have your own life. Like, right. you know, like so. Nick the loves balance. an analogy. Yeah. Loves them. That was a good one. He that was a good them. one. okay so speaking of insecurities what are your biggest insecurities let's do alone and then like as a couple so natalie you go first i honestly my mother taught me this at a young age to never when someone asks you what's your biggest flaw or insecurity just to like not say it because then that's what people focus on Mm. i have a lot i have a ton but once i start voicing them is when i think people start paying attention to them and then i feel like it's picked at more and so i just I love that. Respectfully that's apply. Respectfully do. No, I like that. And that's also like when you apply for a job and they're like, what's your biggest, like, in, like what are you worse right, at? And you're right. like, I'm so good. Right. That I'm like, insecure I'm, about how good yeah. I am sometimes. But I'm not bad at anything. Because it's awkward for other people how right. amazing I am. Right, exactly. <laughs> I love that. What about you, Nick? Well, I mean, I don't, like, I, insecurities, because like insecurities are not the same as weaknesses, I suppose, but they, they can become insecurities. 
I guess this being in the public eye, you know, it's one of those things. It's not, it's not, uh, how am I trying to say this? Because I, 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 I love that I am comfortable enough to be my, myself more than anything, but I like to be liked. And I realize that my desire to be myself supersedes my desire to be liked. I like, it's just, you know, it's, you have your critics and, and just, and I always want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. So it's like, it's easy to tell yourself you don't care, but I realize that I take some risks with my voice, I suppose. And, you know, it's always once in a while you want to make sure that you're, you're still overall received in, in a positive way. So yeah. I think more than anything that that's it. But, you know, other than like, you know, I have bad habits of like, you know, I'm not the best speller and I can mumble. I wouldn't call it an insecurity. I don't dwell on it or focus yeah. on it. I'm aware I have it. It's right. like, I wish I didn't do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I've, I've learned to accept who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing the difference about between the things I will always need to work on and the things that I just have to realize, this is who I am. And yeah. I'm going to prioritize finding people who are willing to love that about me rather yeah. than change that about myself. What about, and that can be a little scary. Yeah, definitely. And that's for sure a Libra thing we really want to be liked. What about as a couple? Is there something that you guys, you know, have to work on a little bit extra hard? Like every couple. <laughs> oh, I think we work really hard. Yeah. Extra hard, you know? You know, like Natalie said earlier, like we just were really honest early on. And it was like a weird thing to be honest about like who we were dating or who we were sleeping with when we were in a relationship because while well, we weren't doing anything wrong, but we we early on like got good at having awkward and difficult conversations with each other. And getting through those conversations. And I think that laid a good foundation for us to just address things early on. We don't avoid talking about things. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't ever just, really put things off. Right. We don't let things bubble up and then blow over. You know, like we, the second we feel something, I think we definitely speak up. Yeah, that's crucial. What were you guys afraid of when you first met each other? My first um, pet? Mm-hmm. Being murdered? <laughs> we were told. <laughs> from the, I'm kidding. From the random girl um, was in my DM. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't know each other. We, but <laughs> right. we took a risk. Yeah. 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 I think later on, in, once we did decide to start dating, I think I definitely wanted to wait to go public. Just, it's scary entering, you know, having a third party enter your relationship. It's yeah. a very scary thing, especially coming from not a public I or figure. So that was definitely something that I think I battled with a little bit and wanted to keep protected within us for as long as I possibly could mm-hmm. until that wasn't really an option anymore. But mm-hmm. okay, so there are some questions that came in from listeners. So I'm going to ask both of you guys these questions. But Nick, I know you're you're used to these ones. When a guy says he wants a girlfriend and then later on says he doesn't know, what does that mean? I feel feel like this one's pretty cut and dry, but I feel like you're less black and white than I am, so. Uh, well, it means he wants a girlfriend and you're not the one he wants. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. What's the biggest dating tip that men wish women knew? Ooh. I, I don't... 
I don't know if I know an answer. I can guess. It's like, you know, that I don't, I don't pull like men. You know, I don't do a lot of those. Yeah. Like, what do you think? You know, right. what's top five things men? What I guess. I'm what, did, assuming, what did you wish that I'm assuming? Knew? I think through conversations I've had with men, is that I think men like to feel sexy. They like to feel complimented. I think men have as many insecurities as women. I think women are far better at expressing that than men are. And that's something men need to work on. And I think both genders could do a better job of making the other one feel safer for expressing that. Like, and that, again, this is like, you know, the patriarchy and things like that. It has certainly all played a role in the like, don't be a pussy type of, you know, mentality that, you know, locker room talk. Mm -hmm. But in a in a heterosexual relationship, I think, you know, I've been in relationships where I remember feeling like it was not okay to get emotional. It was like, yo, I want you to be more emotional. And then I got more emotional and it felt like you, you I was seen differently. Mm. And so I, I, I think, you know, just really encouraging your partner to open up because like, I think sometimes men can be guilty of pushing it down, pushing it down. And when it comes out, then it's just a lot, right? you know, and that might be why it can be hard to handle, you know, as opposed to saying, this is bothering me. I feel this way. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of indirectly answering your question, but yeah, I think that's, that's, I don't know if men would actually say that, but I think that's what they're thinking. Yeah. And one thing I, I feel like when, if we're talking love languages, I think most, I think a, a large number of men, the way they show love is through acts of service. Yeah. Not always, but I think a big chunk of them do. And I think a common phrase that you hear from heterosexual women in, 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 in these relationships is things like, just I'm just asking for the little things. Just do the little things. And I think that minimizes acts of service, especially in a relationship where one day your, your boyfriend or your partner opened up the door for you or got out of bed to get you a glass of water. And you're like, Oh, that was so sweet. And then, you know, four months later, it's like, get me a glass of water or why didn't you open the door for me? And I understand we want the little things, but like the little things are often the way, especially if your love language is acts of service, though they're, they're by definition, they're little things. They're just li little things every day that we do to say, I don't, this is an inconvenience to me, but I'm doing it because I love you. And when we minimize that, it, it just becomes a job. And mm -hmm. so I think be careful about describing something as the little thing to your partner or, or overlooking it because you're, you're stealing their ability to be able to show you love. And it's also their job to you know, be mindful how you receive love, mm -hmm. but just, you know, how, there's how you show love and there's how you want to receive love. And, and two people have to talk about that and meet in the middle. Yeah. You know, you has to, even though your love language might be quality time in words of affirmation, it doesn't take away from the fact that they are still showing you how they love you through acts of service. They need right. to hear you on the acts of the quality time and the words of affirmation and meet you there. Mm -hmm. But just be mindful of that because I think there's a, a we're overlooking how men are trying to show their partners love sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. If that made any sense. No, it does. What what to do when a guy comes back after ghosting? So one more time. What to do 
when a guy comes back after ghosting, assuming this is a woman dating men? I, I define depends. ghosting. Like you were talking and then all of a sudden he stopped speaking. I think it depends on the reason. Didn't answer you. Uh, yeah. You know, they come back. I think you're able to ask questions because I think people go through a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily have to do with you and they show it in different ways. I know I have ghosted people for my own reasons and personal mm -hmm. things. And if, you know, I were to come back and be like, listen, this is what happened. This is why I went out of contact with you. I would hope that they would understand that. Did you ever go back after you ghosted? For sure. Okay. But like really go back or just like, uh, you know, up. yeah. Well, that's why I asked me like, you know, my first girlfriend, granted we were young and immature, but like we were dating, like dating. And then like the next day didn't take my calls, you know, because she d didn't know how to break up with me. And then she, did she ever come back? Yeah. And we got back together and I took her back. And then she ghosted you again? Uh, no. But no. like it ended again? Eventually ended, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, By I, her? No, I eventually, well, mm -hmm. we broke up a couple more times in between sure, that. Sure, sure. I, have, I was the one who eventually ended mm -hmm. the relationship, but yeah, what would I, you know, what would I do? Yeah, I, I would just know, and what I would, I would say to people, just know that, that person's a bad communicator for the most part. You yeah. know, maybe they had their reasons, but I would ask a lot of questions because I would need to know that they saw that as something and what's going to stop them from doing it in the yeah. future. I would not respond, yeah. <laughs> but I have my own issues. <laughs> Do men crave connection and stability? If yes, why do they run from it? Signed, I'm assuming a girl who got ghosted recently, probably. Right. I absolutely they do, but they, again, probably just don't want it with you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, we only have a few minutes. So lastly, how are you so good at seeing all sides and seeing the true issues in people's relationships? Do you go to couples therapy? I know you bring up couples therapy in the book. Yeah, we've talked about it. I absolutely think we're going to eventually. Mm -hmm. We haven't yet. I don't think there's like a strong need, but I think we've both talked about it. And how do I see all sides? I'm just someone who has lied to myself a lot about what I wanted or what I needed out of relationships. And I got good at not lying to myself which is essentially what my whole book is about in terms of the lies we tell ourselves and the ability to see those lies and, and get better at telling ourselves the truth so that we can tell other people our truths and then be willing to accept their answers at face value. That's really the trick. You know, when people call in, I'm literally just trying to hear their lies, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't mean like, you know, did you do this? No, when you did. I right. mean, the way we the convince ourselves. The, the, yeah. yeah, this little things. Well, you know, like, I didn't really care. No, you care. Yeah. You know, or I didn't mind. No, you mind. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, things like that. Yeah. And so I just good at hearing that. I've got good at hearing that through myself. And it comes through, as I say, meeting your ego and understanding the voice. You, 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 I say meet your ego because your ego, ego is like a, a, like a living thing inside you that has a very loud and very strong voice, especially when it's upset. And when it's upset, it's upset with you. And it's very convincing. And it's very scary to face. But if you can get good at that, your decisions just become so much clearer. And, 
you know, these questions where I give these quick responses, like, well, they want that not with you. That's just a really hard reality to face. Yeah. But when you start prioritizing feeling loved rather than feeling validated, it makes it easier because yeah. you see those flaws as a reflection of them, not as a reflection of yourself. Yeah. I think also because you're born September 28th and we just have the ability <laughs> to see things extremely. Maybe, maybe that's it too. Clearly. <laughs> Amazing. Guys, it was so much fun having you on. Nick, can you leave us with maybe a quote from your book or something that's like your favorite that's, that's in here or just something that you want us to go away with? Yeah, I mean, the, the last few things I said are, you know, just kind of generally that premise of that book. I wrote it with the idea <clears throat> as someone who in love and relationships has often felt stuck I wrote it in the hopes that it would help everyone read it, feel a little less stuck depending on their situation. And I'm someone who used to think as it relates to love and relationships that so much of my happiness was based off of other people's decisions. And to a certain extent, there's some truth to that, but we don't give ourselves as, uh, enough credit for the role we play in our own happiness when it comes to romantic relationships. That doesn't mean we'll never be disappointed. It doesn't mean we'll always get what we want when we want it but we can very much set ourselves up for a lot more happiness and success if we're willing to be honest with ourselves first and foremost so that we can be honest with other people. Love it. Where can everyone find you guys, follow you and order the book? You can order the book wherever you get books or just go to volifiles.com and then and there's links everywhere, you know, Amazon Audible if you like if you're dyslexic like me, you like to listen to things. At, you know, Barnes and Noble, indie stores, Australia, UK, Canada, TikTok, Nick Vial, Instagram, Nick Vial, and uh, Natalie Joy, two N's, two J's. Yeah. Love it. That's Thank it. you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So fun. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.